Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are in Daniel chapter 2, indeed one of the most remarkable chapters in the entire Bible. We're going to see in Daniel chapter 2 a prophecy of five world kingdoms. And let's just jump right in. Daniel 2 opens with Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of the Babylonian Empire. He was the king of the first in a succession of four worldly empires to be followed by a special, unique fifth empire. But he was the, the lead-off king, so to speak, and he had a dream. So he assembled all his wise men in Babylon and said, tell me what my dream was so that I know when you give me the interpretation, it's the real deal. And all the magicians and wise men of Babylon said, nobody can do that. And so Nebuchadnezzar ordered the death penalty for all the wise men. And Daniel intervened and said, you know, uh, there's a God in heaven who can reveal these things. And by the way, many contemporary Bible scholars don't believe that. They don't believe that God can do something that they can't do, like predict the future course of world history. And by the way, Daniel 2 is something that should be studied by Catholic young people when they're studying world history in school and high school and college. This is very significant because we're going to see that God is in control of this whole thing. So, I have uh, sent a chart out for those of you who contacted us and gave us a little support for Luke 21 Radio. If you have that chart, it's a great thing to have in front of you right now because it's easy to see what Daniel chapter 2 is saying when you can visualize it. But Daniel gets from God both the dream and its interpretation. And in the dream was an image made up of various metals, starting with gold, then going to silver, brass, and then iron. In other words, the metals were getting less and less valuable as they went down, not necessarily weaker, but less valuable. And the head part of this vision, this dream of Nebuchadnezzar, his dream of the four world kingdoms, he was the head of gold. Daniel says to him, you, O king, are king of kings. Now, this is how it worked. In the ancient world, when there was an empire and it would extend sovereignty, kingship, over another nation, if the other king did not revolt against the conquering rule of Nebuchadnezzar, he could be brought under the authority of the king of kings. In other words, there's a supreme king and there's a number of other kings in a covenant or a treaty covenant uh, under him. And it says the birds of the air in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 29 would kind of rest in these branches. Well, all of this is an image of the greater king. You read in Luke 13 and verse 18, 
Jesus says, well, what is the kingdom of God like? Not the kingdom of Babylon, but the kingdom of God. And he, and he basically goes on to say it's, it begins very small, like a mustard seed, but it grew, became a big tree, and the birds of the air made the nest in its branches. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar was imaging, in a certain fallen sense, what the kingdom of God would look like. And the idea of birds in the branches, this isn't an Audubon Society verse of the Bible. This is saying that the lesser nations would come under the authority of the great king. And so Nebuchadnezzar was the great king. And then you move down from the head of gold to the breast and arms, which were made of silver. And this represents the kingdoms of Media and Persia, the Persian Empire under King Cyrus. And this is the second great world empire. And Nebuchadnezzar wanted to know if his empire was going to last. And obviously it wasn't. It was going to be succeeded by a second one, the breast and arms of silver. Now you're going to move down a little bit. And then the the belly and thighs were of brass. This is an image of the Greek Empire following the Medo-Persia Empire. And, of course, Alexander the Great, well-known, he would be that third kingdom in this succession of kingdoms. And then you come to the fourth kingdom. And, by the way, there was no, you know, there was no fourth kingdom uh, in existence when Daniel was writing this. In fact, some of these kingdoms weren't in existence, and the reason modern scholars like to uh, make Daniel, say, written around 200 AD is so that these aren't really prophecies. This is history written in the form of prophecy. I guess it's a common expression today is fake news. Well, this would be fake prophecy. No, this was actually prophesied in advance. And so moving down from the Greek empire, the legs of iron, and of course that is the Roman empire. So you have Babylon, number one, Medo-Persia, number two, the Greek empire, number three, and number four, you have the Roman empire, and then you kind of have an odd uh, mention at the end of this that the feet and toes were composed of iron and clay. Now, the legs were made of iron. That's the Roman Empire. And there's some kind of connection and some kind of disconnection from that fourth kingdom, the toes and the feet. And we're going to need to tackle that in a separate broadcast next time. But for now, let's keep the four world empires in mind. And again, this is that succession of world empires. And then we come to Daniel chapter 2 and say, starting in verse 35, we read that there is a stone that struck the image. In other words, a huge boulder strikes the image of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greek, and Rome. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but in a very real way, these are all connected. And the stone struck the image, and 
there arose in its place of the image a great mountain that filled the whole earth. And now, what is this talking about? Well, if you go to verse 44, it says, And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. In other words, every one of these kingdoms would come to an end, but there'd be a fifth kingdom that would obliterate this whole series of kingdoms. It shall never be destroyed, nor shall its sovereignty be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and shall bring it to an end. And just as you saw a stone cut from the mountain by no hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. In other words, this whole idea of worldly kingdoms would be obliterated, and there would be a great mountain or great kingship arise in the earth. Now, a very important prophecy is that verse 44, it says, And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And, of course, this is the kingdom of God, the everlasting kingdom, the fifth kingdom. And it's not simply a succession from the four kingdoms. It obliterates the four kingdoms and sets up a counter-eternal sovereign kingdom. And You know, a lot of folks who believe in the rapture at any moment, and a lot of others kind of related to that viewpoint, believe that Christ's kingdom hasn't begun in earnest until the second coming of Jesus sometime in the future. But Daniel, and it's surprising that a lot of the rapture at any moment people just love the prophet Daniel, but it says that the kingdom will be set up in the days of those kings. And in the days, particularly, of the Roman Empire, Jesus came and set up his kingdom. There is a verse from Luke chapter 16 and verse 16 that I did an entire episode in our companion broadcast, Faith and Family Radio, and it goes like this, Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the gospel is preached. Now, without trying to get technical, I'm not trying to get technical, but to get behind the English words, the the good news, which is another way of expressing the gospel, comes from a verb to evangelize, like to evangelize euangelizo in Greek. You can kind of hear the similarities, so to speak. That's the verb, but the gospel simply is the noun form of that. And both of those words, um, to preach the gospel, to evangelize, the content of the gospel, it's all connected. And at its core, what is preached in the gospel, according to Luke 16, 16, and not just according to Luke, according to the very lips of Jesus Christ, the king of that fifth world empire? Well, he's the king. In other words, Jesus came saying, I'm here. Daniel 2 is here. I am it. And, you know, this strikes people as a bit odd, but evangelism at its core is declaring the universal kingship of Jesus in fulfillment of exactly what is prophesied here in Daniel chapter 2. 
The content of the gospel is that Jesus Christ is King and Lord of the world. Dr. N.T. Wright, perhaps one of the leading scripture scholars in the English-speaking world or anywhere in the world, said this, despite centuries of intense study of the gospels, we have often managed to miss the main thing that all four of them are eager to tell us. We don't need a bit of just fine-tuning and adjustment here and there. We need a fundamental rethink of what the Gospels are trying to tell us. The Western tradition has failed even to glimpse, let alone preach, this central theme. What? That Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. You read of evangelism in the book of Acts, Acts 17 and verse 6, says, these men who have turned the world upside down by their preaching, the announcement of the gospel of the King Jesus, they have come here and they're acting against the decrees of Caesar saying there is another king. See, this is how they evangelized the Roman Empire. Now, we have been in the Gospel of Luke for the entire church year. How many times have you heard of the kingship of Jesus In the gospel, the fundamental message of the gospel isn't that you need a savior and Jesus is a savior. That's certainly there. But the gospel proclamation is you recognize Jesus as your Lord, not as your buddy, your Lord, your king, and he becomes your savior. That's the gospel. And, you know, the rapture folks kind of miss this, but the Catholics and several Protestant groups that hold this, are way too silent about it. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 143 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.